What's going on, everyone, and welcome to another hey. episode of Carbonite Bounty BS with me and the nerds. What's going on? Hey, everybody. hey how you doing? What's yeah. up? Ooh, good, it's a long man. break. It's been <laughs> a, a decent break, man. It has been. Yeah, right. It's been a it's been a long week, and of course, right before we go live, we get some um some nerd breaking news, which is crazy. Right? <laughs> uh, gotta, gotta love you know, the nerd breaking news. We gotta love Dog the nerd, nerd breaking, breaking news. Is it fake news. news or is it real news? Oh, it's pretty Ooh, news. Pretty real. It's real news about it's real news about fake characters. Right? <laughs> Great point. And on and, the and evening, that's reality, dude. Man, real news yeah. about fake characters. We are just fake characters in our own mind. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Fake characters doing a real podcast. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, guys, we're here tonight to discuss the season one review of Andor and our overall thoughts of it on the eve of uh, James Cameron's latest masterpiece. So uh, there are a lot of exciting things going on in the nerd world. Yeah. yeah. But uh, before we even dive into that, uh, that's a whole nother discussion for a whole nother day. But uh, before we even dive into Andor, let's let our guy DP uh, let us know where to find us at. Nerdcyclopedia.com, people. Make sure that you are going to that website, your favorite website, where you will get all your favorite um. Um, social media platforms that we are on at Neurocyclopedia, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and also on TikTok. If you are listening to us on podcasts on your phone or on your radio, uh, we are on um, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast, we are there. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you. Make sure you're hitting that subscribe button, also hitting that notification button. So anytime that we're on, you know what that we're on. Make sure that you are sharing us too. So you know, make sure you tell all your friends and you know family members and stuff that want to <laughs> the nerds and everything. Tell your mom. Tell your mom. Please tell your tell aunts. You. <laughs> tell your dad. Tell your cousin. Tell your. You don't dog. have to tell your dad. He's probably not going to like this. <laughs> yeah, dad. It's anything like our dads. Oh, it's an eighty's dad. He's probably in front of the TV. <laughs> He's in front of the TV drinking beer, watching football. It's an 80s dad, though. So. <laughs> there you go. No, no interest in that. No, no, no. Make sure that you guys are um, emailing us at Nurse Cyclopedia, Nurse and NurseCyclopedia.com. And if you are also watching us on Facebook, thank you. Um, so make sure that you are <coughs> also going to our Facebook group, Carbon App Bounty BS, the Star Wars group. We are talking about everything Star Wars related there. And shout out to everyone who was on that, um, you know, posting all your favorite memes and stuff. Good stuff, good stuff. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I said, it's been a long week for us. Uh, a lot of interesting things come out. We get uh, some Star Wars news um, with the uh, Jedi uh, Survivor coming out, so the newest game. Um, ironically, tying this in with Andor, they announced dates of when this game is taking place, and it is simultaneously with Season 2. So they don't know, hint, hint, it's a canon game as well. The characters are canon. Um what may come down the pike here, but uh, yeah, very interesting release as far as the game trailer and everything and some of their thoughts on some of the initial um, kind of uh, choreography and, and, and thought that's process. in March, March, right? That yeah, was, right. A lot yeah. comes out in March. Yeah. There's some other things. That's <laughs> going to be a big month. It's yeah. going to be a busy month for Nerd World uh, because that comes out and or I think releases somewhere around there and or season two. Andor, I think Andor. Mandalorian. Sorry. Mandalorian. Yeah. But do we really want like Cal Cal Kestis in 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 this? Like I, I would say no. no like do we, we no. probably don't because I don't want a Jedi in this. This yeah, is so it, good. With no. this, Jedi. this series has survived without Jedi, right? Not far. So no, I don't think we need it. 
Has it though? Has it? Has it? Yeah, that's the discussion for today, right? Has it survived? I mean, (laughs) I I would love to hear somebody in the comments or somebody on here say otherwise. But I mean, I I thought, you know, just kind of leading us off, we this was a 12 out of 12. I mean, I, Mm -hmm. I don't know where you can kind of rip this apart at. I mean, I guess if you're being like, ultra critical you can maybe pull elements out of certain episodes and whatnot but you literally can't say this wasn't yeah. probably the best series that's ever been out right it's yeah every episode was good so yeah it was perfect it was absolutely it was. perfect and yeah. so if anyone feels differently put it in the comments yeah. um and we we can just blast you because yeah yeah this, this you thing know. is this <laughs> thing is put together so well it's it's made with uh concrete that can't be broken by a hammer and it's on stilts that can't be uh, knocked down by any flood oh, i mean this thing is legit we got we got a of, fortress there it was made with beskar <laughs> <laughs> and speaking from someone that's watched rogue one probably more times than any other human on the planet <laughs> at this point I'd have to say that this series is really going to build uh, build into a new hope in ways that we have yet to see. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this, that, uh, yeah, this stuff is great. I, I really, I really think the naysayers that say like it was too slow are very impatient people, and, and in my opinion, probably didn't watch the last couple episodes because when I went back and rewatched the first half of Andor, uh, which I just haven't gotten to the rest of it yet because I have mm-hmm. I have a toddler. Uh, it, you know what I mean? It just is what it is. Uh, it was fulfilling to me to see the characters at their beginning standpoint, like to see mm-hmm. how far their arc was. And it reminded me of a show that people are going to know that I'm a fan of called The Wire. Uh, in, in a very specific way, the first time I watched The Wire, the first couple episodes felt like they dragged because I didn't know who anybody was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know why they mattered. And mm-hmm. I didn't know why they were important. And by the end of the first season of The Wire, I understood intricately who those people were and what they were doing. And when I went back and watched those first episodes, it was very fulfilling because they actually set up all those plot elements that delivered later in the season at the very beginning, even when I was still scrambling around to figure out who was who. And when I went back and watched it, knowing who was who and what was going on, I noticed the things that made the plot noticed before. Exactly. And it made the plot tighter and better. And that is, in my opinion, the hallmark of really a plus tier writing. Yeah. And I felt the same way about the series, the Homeland series after watching that Mm -hmm. thing all the way to the end, then going back and rewatching it. I saw things in those characters that I didn't see before little developmental things. And this Andor did that 100%. It made you, it actually purposefully made you miss things. So you wanted to go back and relearn the characters and relearn the episodes and rewatch this thing. I mean, I feel this way. I feel this way about the original trilogy. I could watch that all day long. Uh, second trilogy, um, also now. I mean, th- this, this has been like, uh, this is this is a great chunk. I mean, seriously, it's a really good storyline, and we're we're up we're up for a great second uh, second season with with another twelve episodes or of just the best content that I think that Star Wars can put out right now. Yeah, um, I'm I'm really 
I'm, I'm agreeing with all of you, of course. So it was a 12 out of 12, 10 out, 10 out of 10, whatever you want to call it and everything. That's what it was. Um, I think the analogy uh, Hitch made about be, being, you know, analogous to like the wire and stuff the um, is very great because back then, if you remember when the wire phrase came out, it, it was a different way of doing television. You know, that's one of the bigger reasons why it took so long for it to actually catch on because you actually have to pay attention, um, you know, sit down to sit with the characters, not only characters, but follow them and their stories within all the different elements in the show. And so by the time you got around to the end of it, you could go back to the beginning. And you see, you know, a lot of new things. This is what I saw with like Andor. It it's if if and, and like, you know, you, you were saying, um, T Mitch, if you're going to complain about anything. I guess complain about how slow it started off, but even in that, it was still a different way of telling the Star Wars story. So the this these characters, this world, the the writers and everything, they're telling you, they're teaching you how to tell a story within this universe in a different way than what you're used to. So right. if you're used to it being in okay, lightsabers and you know, canon stuff that you know brought over from like the books and everything. And you're thinking, okay, well, this is 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 it's supposed, and you're such a um a hardcore, what I want to say, uh, uh traditionalist or whatever. This is supposed to be told in a certain type of way, and you see this. Well, it's Star Wars, but it's not what I'm used to. So do I like it? I don't know. If you really like good storytelling, Andor is fantastic as far as his um execution, as far as his character development, it made you care about characters that you did not know, you know, sprinkled a few characters that you did to sort of like, you know, um, smooth the transition, like with Mom Mothma, you know, and a couple other characters, of course, Andor and everything. Um, but you really took characters that you really didn't know and made you actually feel, a, you know, feel for them throughout their journeys, throughout like the, the different arcs within like the 12 episodes. And it just executed it like phenomenally. I mean, I cannot say enough for like the Gilroy boys, um, I, I, it makes me want to go back and watch like Born Identity because he wrote all those movies, you know, yeah. just to, did I miss something? You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I wasn't really a big Gilroy fan now. I mean, uh, up until uh, this point, but now I got to go back and be like, okay, yeah, I, I, I'm a, I'm a follow some more there, um, earlier stuff and see, see, see what I missed. Yeah. On a side note, I'm a big Bourne fan. Then again, I love Mission Impossible and James Bond and all those spy espionage movies. But, uh, you know, the funny thing about this this series, DP, and you say this and me and Hitch talk about it in, in Ken not as much because Ken really soaks up and, and loves everything. Um, this little bit of Filoni-verse to me is like Filoni taking glue and fixing that broken china plate, which is Star Wars, right? It's that that, that old china plate It's it's, you know, been in the family a kid dropped it i mean star wars for the most part star wars has been broken we can pick apart yeah. a lot of it a lot of the work it's been broken the story's been broken apart right but what we've noticed with rebels and all this content we've seen post really i guess i mean we have to give disney credit on this but i mean this post you know disney purchases really they putting that glue back to that china plate and trying to make it complete again i mean as you said this character building i mean these are characters we sprinkled in, in movies and series we didn't know anything about them. Now it's putting all new stakes. It's really putting relevancy and like it or not, it's really raising the, the, the status of these movies and the rating, right? Because when we've seen them, you're like, oh man, I didn't like this. They didn't talk about this person. And much like Marvel, and to my dismay of even phase four, we're seeing a lot of these building blocks and a lot of these characters, right? That they're, you know, they might introduce in a movie 
but then you're seeing that backstory maybe in a Disney Plus. So it's kind of a new duality to telling stories that's never really been around, right? Because usually you try to do the character exposition and the explanation before or maybe during real briefly, but now they're just throwing them in there and maybe taking it back or maybe doing a, a real deeper dive into the character later on as we're seeing with this new. So, I mean, ultimately this is a whole new medium, I believe, of, of storytelling to this era, right? Yeah, yeah they are taking advantage of what this medium can be. When when we first started talking about these Star Wars Disney Plus series, and we've been doing this for a while, we counted. It's like this is like our 89th. <laughs> yeah, we count. We counted the other day, something like that. Yeah, CBBS. So we've been doing this for a minute, uh, but you've tracked all the way back to the beginning of these television series. What we've been asking for is essentially Andor, something that had a lot of different flavors, something that was more direct, something where the writing was was better, something where the acting had, you know. The, the actors in this in this are excellent in everything if you see them in other things and and, and i think that's true of, of the, the people that play someone like marva if you see her in other things in british television and stuff she's always really good uh you know i think we see that a lot uh in in like like cyril <laughs> as a character is so yeah. hilarious that we still we're still following this guy around like and why why are we doing it and they pay that off at the end in a way that's somewhat believable it makes sense that he's there, and it make, what he what he does is seems accomplishable by this character, right? Just being right there at the right time and knowing that you, knowing, hey, this is going to be where the nexus of all this stuff is, right? Why did he know it? He knew it because he had the information, so it all makes sense. Uh, and I just appreciate how they expanded, um, they've expanded the Star Wars universe by essentially giving us these rich characters that don't need a lot of exposition because what you see on the film tells you what you need to know about them. And that's what makes good characters good. Like Han Solo, for instance, and my favorite, my favorite Han Solo, right? He's on screen for like six seconds and you know exactly what he is. Yeah. He's sleazy and he's <laughs> and he's going to do what he has to do. But maybe he's got a heart of gold. But look, it's self-preservation, right? It's all right there on the film. Right. Uh, and, and that's what they've managed to do with these these characters, like you were saying, T-Mitch. And, and glue. I liked uh, T-Mitch. I liked, I liked the word glue because... Um, I'll start it out with my favorite character in in this series, B. Uh, because the droid has been the glue through the entire Star Wars universe. It's always a droid. And there's a number of reasons. Droids are overlooked by the Empire. They're overlooked by whatever, you know, the adversary there is. Because nobody thinks a droid is a threat. But B is probably the quintessential droid. Not only does he hold together a family through several decades and bring Andor to this point where he's at a sort of a, a crossroads in his life. Like he has to either decide to follow this rebellion or stay with his family and B is sort of the anchor that sort of helps him make the decision and tell and <clears throat> helps him decide where to go with his life but he's still involved and that's why he's my favorite character in this series B is not only there at the beginning he's there at the end he he's there at the the entire episode, which Rick's Road, the, which is a finale, and I know it's it's like, I don't know, it's trite. It, what's your favorite episode? The finale? Yeah, okay, whatever. 
the finale, <laughs> the, the last episode is my favorite episode because it brings together so many creative elements that we were talking about and brings together these characters in a way that maybe we hadn't thought about them in, in before. Maybe we didn't see this particular facet of Andor or B or Marva, like what, what she, her legacy, her legacy now is, is the rebellion is a new hope. And she said it in her, in, in her outro, she said hope. And she brought about this entire uprising. She wasn't there. She wasn't even there. And she didn't know who was there. And she didn't know if anyone was even listening. But she was so powerful. And who was projecting that for us? B. And, B. <laughs> I mean, just a great episode with so many different tensions. Because that's... I think Steel City, you talk about that a lot. Like, where's the tension in the story? Where's yeah. our where's our characters? Where where are our actors being you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Where are they being challenged to bring themselves closer to reality? Because in an essence, that's what we like about this. These characters are real. These characters are going through things that we go through. And how are they reacting? Are they reacting the way we want to? Or are they not? And that brings us closer to that character in anything, in a, in a book, in a movie. And that's why these, these people that we're watching on the screen, just like Luke, Han, Chewbacca, Vader, we related to these characters in some way. That's why we still watch them today after seeing them 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Someone just watched it yesterday. They're going to bond instantly with these characters because that's what they do. They bring themselves into our lives and we connect. So my opinion, the, the whole, this, this whole season one started at a little slow, but we needed that. We needed to start slow because this is a, a new story that nobody's really familiar with. So gradual, grab us tie us in and it just it exploded at the end uh with this great uh you know these characters are being challenged in ways they didn't know they were gonna you know have to deal with and just just a beautiful piece of art well i guess that, that brings it to like a good segue we could talk about like um our favorite episodes mm -hmm. you know so i mean we can start off with you can like you know, sounds like you you you're, you're stating one of your favorites right there. So, what was your favorite episode out of the first season? There, the last one. Mm -hmm. I mean that. You know, there were there were moments like I love nobody's listening, right? I don't I remember what number it was, but that was where the prisoners determined that either they were going to stick it out or they were going to die. But it mm -hmm. didn't matter because nobody was listening. And you have to get to that point in your life to make a change. You have to see the end and that you, what you're doing right now is not getting you anywhere before you make a change. Right. That was a good episode. But the, 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 the season finale was to me just, just great because it built and, and still, okay. So Andor has a, 
I mean, he's he's a bad dude. I mean, he's got a mean streak in him. And I love seeing that all through the series. Like he's just, he could turn on a top on a on a dime. And if you're not helping him or if you're going against him in a certain way, you're he's taking you out. Yeah. You're gone. Yeah. And I like that element. And because I watched Rogue One every at the end of every episode. The algorithm tells you. It just made sense that it made a whole lot of sense why he was so <laughs> he was he was a linchpin in the rebellion and how it got started in Rogue One. And you know, that final scene with with uh Jen on the beach, you know, I didn't mind seeing him go at that point because he had made so many defined, yeah. you know, uh, decisions in his life. His mm-hmm. whole thing, yeah. Yeah, that this was, this was, was like, this has to be the culmination of that. Yeah. It has to be. But, eh. What about you, T. Mitch? I'm the same. I mean, it was like a toss-up because I really liked that uh, episode six, uh, I believe it, the eye or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. That's the heist, yeah. <clears throat> I really liked the whole the initial heist because, like, when we got there, right, I'm thinking that, as we said, we, we I remember us starting this show, and I'm like, man, this heist is going to be the end of season one, right? They're going to just drag out this <laughs> whole trek to get there and actually do this. And then, like, we're, like, three episodes in, and they're like, all right, we're planning, what we're doing this. And we're like, man, like, so That's you're quick. telling me we're going to get this before the whole <laughs> season's over? So that means we're, we got, like, another six <laughs> episodes of what? So the fact that they kind of done, like, a season finale kind of within a season was cool because you got that kind of like, you know, the roller coaster effect and obviously the climax and the crescendo, but like with this show, it didn't seem like it had that, that, that kind of traditional storytelling way. I mean, yeah, I guess the, uh, the, the down point would be like, obviously the, the, the Marva, but if you look at how a story is told and the, the really the arc or the triangle of a movie, like it's like <laughs> upside down, right. It wasn't traditional, like the way you would tell it. So, I mean, if Ken's going to go with the last one, I can agree with that, but I'm going to go with episode six because that heist to me was like really a high point that I thought that we wouldn't see that early. And the way they did it, right, mid-season kind of finale, if you would, on most TV shows, yeah. and they did it. It was in and out, you know, and we always discuss that with these kind of felony stories, right, that a lot of times, you know, when you see movies and whatnot, so drug out. I like this new stars medium, the way they tell something and it's in and out. There's not like this exposition, so to speak. There's not all this extra, all this, you know, dead space. You know, there's not mm-hmm. filler. It's in and out. We got what we need. You're excited. You're ready for more. And I, I think that's what really culminated that um, as far as that episode. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the, uh, the mid-season, number six. Hitch? I agree. I mean, Trent, I agree with you. And and I think our perspective on Star Wars is sometimes really similar, which is why I like it when we have opposite conclusions, because it's interesting. But I loved the eye. I mean, it had everything I was looking for in a Star Wars heist. And I know when we talked about Solo, I said, I'm always down for a Star Wars heist. I'm down for it because it's sci-fi, right? Uh, this The heist goes off, but not the way it's planned in ways that make it interesting. And you know, the only character we knew that had any plot armor here was Cassian Andor, which meant that there was a lot of stuff up in the air. And the Imperials actually put a pretty good body count on this group. I mean, and and those deaths were not, you know, Shakespearean. They were immediate and final and punchy. And that is something that, as we know, we don't always get in Star Wars. Sometimes people just come back somehow <laughs> that's just how that's how star wars star wars does that it's part of its brand mm. which is fun right i mean it's, it's 
Space, <laughs> space magicians, right? I mean, it's okay, right. but 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 this is there's not really a lot of magic in in this, uh, and 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 I want to say that this entire this entire arc on Aldani is so is so awesome, and, and the way that the way that Skeen tries to turn Andor here at the end, and yeah. Andor is just like you know, you're not some true believer after all, after he's portraying himself as the purest one, because what would the actual mercenary do, but point the finger everywhere else. Right. Cause that's, that's what you would do to, to keep the blame off yourself. And that is that in and of itself is such an excellent tight construction. And they said, had set that up previously by showing those tattoos and, and having that confrontation happen between uh skiing and, and Cassian. Um, the intricately, the intricately timed and plotted, um, and what did Cassian do in that situation? He took him out. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Which is sort of his mo, right? If you're threatening my safety, <laughs> we're done with yeah. no discussion. Yeah. He didn't give him a chance to reboot or hey, maybe maybe rethink his way. To... Well, that, that what do you who? For a second there, I was like, "Is this guy just trying to test him to see if he would actually do this?" Right, right. And right, then, right. and then he, I'm like, "No, he he really thinks that that because what he knows about Andor that no one else does, which is that he did time, right? Because Andor recognizes mm-hmm. tattoos. He really thinks this guy is of a piece with me, and he is the mercenary, right? Andor is purchased, uh, purchased help here. Uh-huh, so, right. so you know, it's it's an interesting play from Skeen, but." But Andor just shooting him and being like, "Listen, I just took my share and I'm out of here," uh, and they still come after him to kill him. Right. Like it just it just doesn't work. But but the eye is so intricately constructed, and we have the awesome the awesome effects of the eye itself. Uh, right. I I really really enjoyed this particular episode, but I don't want to short shrift uh, the announcement, which is the next episode, which is actually usually yeah. after a climax like that, you get a letdown, but the announcement allowed the uh, effects of that heist to reverberate throughout the galaxy. Uh, and, and I, and I appreciated that too. So that is actually my second favorite episode of the season, but my favorite is uh, the heist. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I was going to go with um, the, the, um, the prison, the, the prison ending, the, in the ending arc. One of way that. out. One, no, one way out. Yeah. One I was going to go with that, but then I started thinking, uh, I, and I'm purely and, and I like um, basing things off emotion. You know, how, mm-hmm. how does the episode make me feel? You know, out of the episode, the structure is fine and everything. But if, if you can, if an episode or something I'm watching can actually spark an emotion from me, I think it's done its job. It actually makes me feel something, you know. So I go back to the previous episode, the previous episode, which was like the build up to like No Way Out and everything. What was that episode called? <laughs> we, we, we prep, but nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. Okay, nobody's yeah, listening. Nobody's, well, see, that's a great episode. So the great thing about that episode was the fact that you got Chekhov's line. Um, how many? How Chekhov's question? How many guards are there? <laughs> how many guards are there? You know, uh, can, can we expect or whatever? And yeah. um, you know, my man doesn't answer him. You know, um, um. Um, is it, I'm sorry. What what is his name? Uh, Kino is it Kino? Kino. Kino Loy. Yeah, 
Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't answer and everything. So we get like the 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 slow bill. We get the um oh no, actually we get tension throughout like the episode of like everything that's going on, like the 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 um shocking of the guards, the um the trying to figure out um uh, what the other floor is doing and everything, and then everything just escalates all the way up into the end there to the point where Kino realizes that and, and it's it's the Kino arc that I'm just interested in. Kino realizes that he's so hardcore into the system, into um, believing that the system is going to, you know, do his job, um, um, and 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 he trusts the system. He trusts the system is in place to to let him leave or let him do his time and actually, you know, be out right after he does his time because he's so involved. So he gets all the workers to do their work and everything, and he's, you know, he he does everything he's supposed to do until the point where the system fails. And he has to make a decision on what he's going to do, you know. So, um, Andor, you no, know, the guy from the outside, the the rebel without a cause and everything, knows from the very beginning that nobody's listening. These are fat cats. These people do not care. They're so full of themselves that they that they just think that nothing can happen to them. Nothing, you know. They they put a, a small amount of guards for a large amount of people to guard and everything. They're so pompous and so arrogant that they think that they'll, they they can they they could do whatever they want, and then Andor figures it out. Nobody's listening to us. Nobody cares about what we're doing here. So, Kino, how many guards <laughs> do I need to worry about at the end? No more than twelve. At the end of that episode, I was like, "Let's go, let's yeah. go." And, and you know what it was? You know what their their weakness was? <clears throat> they felt that that floor, mm -hmm. that floor was their yes. ultimate yes. pain over yep. these people. Yep. Yep. And they never thought yes. anyone could yes. turn that floor off. Yes. Almost as if the technological terror they constructed was right. no match for the power of the force of human will. No, right. that tech, right. no match to the, for the, to the force, which we won't even talk about that. No, I mean, we, hey, we, we, we can't even we go there. It's really interesting to think about this prison as a microcosm of what Palpatine really wanted, right? Because essentially what he wanted to be able to do was say, comply or don't. I don't really care which. You choose. Either that you know or put I mean? hot floors everywhere, you know. Well, what is the Death Star except a hot floor for the galaxy? <laughs> a hot floor for the galaxy. Hey, but no more than 12. It got me going. I mean, And that's why I support the Emperor for another term. Palpatine. <laughs> Re-election. You you go vote vote for him. yeah go 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 yeah put in your vote go to the, like the the um, you know, <laughs> the imperial whatever was everything it. for that you know yeah. I'm sure he'll be accepting that um, <laughs> palpy yeah. um but yeah that was that was my favorite episode um you know of the season and everything got me going got my juices pumped um <laughs> and I love the way that they they prepped it in the beginning in order for it to pay off in the end and everything. For and then it cut, you know. I love seeing cuts and everything. You cut, and then the music starts playing, and you're just like, Wow, that's it! But you're excited because you can't wait for the next episode because it's all about to go down. Um, if I wanted to give a quick, you know, um, second episode, so I guess since we're, we're doing that and everything, you know, good. um, what can you do? Um, there was the the um, the escape, you know, everybody's yeah. escaping, and then it's put a heart tug pulled at me a little bit more when Kino couldn't. Couldn't, you know, escape. Couldn't, couldn't escape because he couldn't swim. Man. Brooks, <laughs> Brooks was here. Well, if, if you're going to do your favorite second episode, I'm going to have to do my favorite because I skipped that. Season two, episode one. 
That's my next favorite episode. Because <laughs> I want to see where this whole thing picks back up. Because yeah. as far There's as I'm concerned, yeah. that, that season finale was a real nice bow. I mean, it tied everything up. And I think I said it in our podcast two weeks ago when we reviewed it. Mm. I didn't feel gypped. I didn't feel let down. I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like, oh, damn, how long I got to wait to see what that, no, I didn't feel that way. Yeah, yeah, we already got a can out of can, ladies and gentlemen, on the first He's already cashing it. He's already (laughs) cashing it. I'm, I'm writing it. And I'm putting it in my mobile phone. I'm cashing it. <laughs> well, I'm sure Disney is happy because they just raised. They just raised the prices. They raised the price. You know what? I'm paying. <laughs> Whatever. Damn. You know what's crazy too? Oh, they that. won't let you pay for prices. a year anymore. Yeah, I saw that. At least I'm a legacy member, so it might only went up a dollar. Right. <laughs> right. I'm not, so I, I appreciate them giving me a discount we're, we're founders, for getting right? it. Yeah, yeah, we have the founders thing. So yeah. we mine only went up a dollar. People, you you suffer with your rate increases. Yeah. <laughs> mine went up a dollar. So thank you, Disney, for allowing me to pay now thirteen ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's that's crazy. But um so yeah, I I guess let's get to like our favorite characters now. Okay. Um yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, go ahead. Mine's really short and sweet. I, I mean, mine was mine was really Bix, um, because there, there's something to say about a non-main character to be really a friend, and and it's it's that companionship and that trust, right? Because you talk about the the way the 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 rebellion is is really built off the bat, right? It's kind of a lot of backstabbing. There's a lot of people that are doing their end for their own reasons. But I mean, as far as loyalty, you know, the Star Wars story about kind of family, you know, Bix was like family to him, right? She took care of Marva. It was like a, almost like a little sister. And the fact that she went through everything she did, um, you know, basically turned on her boyfriend for him. Right. Um, It was like a little sister type story the whole time is what I felt like it was his little sister, you know, know, the suffering, the pain, she never told on him. And then that payoff at the end, right. Of, you know, her big brother saving her. Right. And, and, and never leaving, you know, just like somebody, you know, you see all these stories, these, these, these tales, right, of the brothers or whatever. And you say, I'll never leave you. I'll never come back. And they don't come back. And then the other's always the evil villain later. or There's always a turn, right? But this is that story of, of Andor keeping his word. And he literally came back and saved his whole crew, right, and got him off. So I think that for her story and her arc, to have a character that's solid, you know, to go through what she did and, and then to be salvaged and be so loyal to him and his family. I mean, that was like my favorite character outside of outside of andor and and what did she go through like like who knows what was in those headphones right i know like i'm so interested in that form of torture like audio because i mean there's some forms of music that i listen to these days where i'm like damn i'd hate someone to force me to listen to that like what happened to her mentally she's she's broken she's like She's like seeing things in the future. Like she's talking about, I mean, she, her mind is definitely mush. Yeah, I mean, there's right. something wrong there. And is she going to be able to come back from that? I mean, she's a, like you said, teammate, she's, she's been an anchor to end her through this whole thing more than we know, actually, right. because she wasn't really connected that much. Are we going to get her back or is she going to be, a vegetable. I mean, what did the empire do to her? 
it's interesting, you know, saw, saw Garrett seems a little bit more reasonable in this than he does uh, a little bit, yeah. in rogue one. He seems a little crazier. One wonders how, if he may encounter this, uh, this terrible sound, but it, it, when not with my earphones, if, if like, if they did that to me, it would be the love theme from Titanic. That's the sound that would, that would have me screaming and telling you Leave where on, right. Mm-hmm. No. No, you know, we were talking about this offline chat, and this is way off topic, but the monoculture was strong in the 90s, and that song was the, the apex song yeah. of off the apex movie of that era, and it was I hate it. I so that's it. what I hear in my headphones, not that anyone uh, no. uh cares probably. And and can you function the next day, Steel City? Can you if I hear more? if I hear the whole of the love theme from Titanic, uh I, I don't think I would be able to go to the office the next day i I believe my employer would be having to to replace my productivity for that time period are you talking about like a crap your pants type of situation no but i i might you know i i suppose i could have a stroke just from rage i guess that that happened to that happened to a a roman emperor actually he had a he was yelling at him here's our history lesson folks i think it's valentine He was there screaming at he was screaming at a guy and he got so mad that he had an aneurysm and died like right right in the throne room just to be yelling at some guy. Sorry guys. No, we can't turn, I, I I can't need turn it off. It's guy. like the worst I, thing. Smart. I, I have I never gained from being able to do that. I need <laughs> hey, that's why you're on this podcast because you're putting all your 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 your, your college knowledge. You're using <laughs> that degree. You, you got to bring us back from the dumb. You learned it for you learned it for a reason, buddy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's what you call using your college degree. That's a good I thing. Because I, I don't know what the hell I'm doing with mine. That place didn't teach Hey, you know. Hey, it's, yeah, it's, hey I mean, it's just sitting in, the, in, in a pile of papers and stuff back there when I yeah, graduated. Yeah. You got to so leave it. <laughs> Most people, healthy people, move on. Well, you know, if, if it was printed on that really nice paper, when you when you burn it, it burns like fancy colors. Like, much like, like much much like Anakin's flesh. Yes. <laughs> yes. People forget that he deserved that. <laughs> like I mean, people forget that all the time. Well, for multiple right? reasons, right? For trying to out jump something you couldn't. I mean, he told him it's like the hard headed brother. I meant I meant on account of all the child murder, man. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> oh boy. Oh, the child murder. <laughs> I was like, that's the line for me. But you're just like trying to jump over it, dude. Uh-uh. Yeah, bro. Trying to that's jump right, over it, dude. Yeah. Doing something dumb. That's it. You're dead. Child right. murderer. Youngling murderer. Who who the um Kitch? All right. Who who's your favorite character? My favorite character is Karis Nemec, the revolutionary philosopher, which you all knew I was gonna say this. Uh I, I thought that his his sort of optimistic um social contract theory where where he kind of says you know freedom is what we have to strive for and he and he forms the underpinning of what uh what Cassian Andor believes i i believe there have been screenshots showing this character in Rogue One where he has on his person a copy of this manifesto so this this is something that strikes uh that I'll strikes you know let me know okay just yeah. keep your eyes peeled for it in uh, 45 minutes when you watch that when you watch uh when you watch that movie uh but to me he, he's he's like the through pinning that turns andor from a mercenary into somebody who actually cares about the republic 
and and having this this intellectual you know uh, this intellectual thesis available to him after he comes out of the mill of you know being under the emperor's boot heel in in prison seems to be what radicalizes him and it's so interesting to see you know Nemec's legitimate real and um honest revolutionariness up against Skeen's bullshit and and it's so interesting to see him you know again going back to watch how these characters or are introduced Skeen telling uh Nemec oh you'll tell you'll tell Vel that you fell asleep on on guard duty like he's portraying himself as as more pure than this guy and and Nemec is essentially as as true blue as it gets, you know, he's in it for the right reasons. He's in it for other people. And he also dies, which is exactly mm. what you want from a revolutionary. Cause otherwise they have a tendency to, to become bloodthirsty dictators. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so Nemec is my favorite because he wrote a political, uh, a political treatise. And that would probably be what I would end up doing if I was in Star Wars. Excellent. Excellent. Hitch. I mean, um, T Mitch. I already did mine, Bix. So you're up. Uh, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm up. Hey. Need the last one, buddy. So, Mon Mothma. You guys already got this because we're on the chat, but Mon Mothma. Okay, so here's the thing. When she was first introduced in um in this series, uh, I think I was just captivated. I was just like, who is that? You know, um. Knew it was Mon Mothma, and she was in like you know previous Star Wars stuff and everything from like the the prequel trilogy and stuff. But she didn't really make much of a presence. And you hear Mon Mothma all the time, and you know, and like you know, big you know Star Wars stuff because the name just sort of like resonates to a degree. But this is who she is and stuff. So when they reintroduce her here, um, she, I, I really give props to the wardrobe people because the what she wears, the way she wears it, the way she moves. The way you know her hair is and everything, the elegance that she carries herself with, the status that she has, and for the fact that she's an underground rebel, you know, it's just like, just like, just it just says so much to me about you know this character. She's willing to sacrifice her family in order to 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 be down for the cause and everything. You know, everything that 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 she that she sees is about to happen that even hasn't even happened yet at the beginning of the series. That's progressing. She's seeing develop, and she has a fortitude to actually start to 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 move things in place. But on the other end, she's not willing to go all the way through. You know, she's willing to play the surface level, where it's like guys like Luthen and everything who she can consistently coerce with, like throughout like the um series and everything. So the season so far, um, she she's not willing to get her hands dirty. So she's willing to spend the money, you know, but not willing to get her hands dirty yet. Um, but the way she just cares herself, the way she plays like her husband, the way she, um, you know, just maneuvers just herself, just, just, just says to me, you know, so much about her, her, her as a woman, her as a, um, um, rebellion, <clears throat> you know, has one of the leaders, the eventual leaders of the rebellion and everything, and what she's willing to, um, to go through in order to get to that point, you know, sacrificing her daughter, you know, um, um, you know, um, uh, betraying her husband and everything, you know, um, we see in like, you know, her history and stuff, you know, with, with, um, arranged marriage and all that stuff. Um, I love getting like the background about her and I love every time that she, 
she was um you know in the series with her sister you know just getting just different elements you know about her just a flesh out mon mothma you know so by the time that we see her in like the pre prequel stuff and in and in um, rogue one you know we're just getting like a um full we're getting like a full um we're getting a full thing you know about about among mothma and stuff and i think she just really captivated me like throughout like the whole series and there's an important element there that you just mentioned in rogue one mon mothma and andor are really close they're connected she immediately promotes him to not general maybe general maybe general andor i can't remember but she knows that this guy is part of it and has been there and i think the sacrifices that she made not that they were sacrifices i mean she didn't like send her daughter to slaughter i mean she arranged marriaged her to to a thugs to a thug to get the, her money laundered basically so she could start the rebellion but i mean her I mean, honestly, if, if you if you look at that scene where she's introducing her daughter to that 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 the son, mm -hmm. she seems you know just like all right, he's he's kind of cute, you know, all right, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. not like you know he, he's not wielding blades and he doesn't have tattoos all <laughs> all over his face and he's right. he doesn't have a mohawk, uh, you know, he doesn't have a gang of you know an entourage of uh, you know uh, Twilicks, you know behind him or anything you know is basically a normal human and you know might she yeah, might so he's, he's an all right guy you can never tell you can never tell and you, you can never, never tell but and you shouldn't trust him i mean i you shouldn't trust I mean, him he, he could end up being like joffrey you know where oh. things just like oh. stuff. he's a nice yeah. boy <laughs> joffrey was kind of nice as well you know but um, I mean, just the, there's nothing uh, nice about Joffrey. Graham, there was never nothing. Nice nothing. That guy. No. But you know, we never really seen arranged marriage and stuff in Star Wars. You know, so to have this type of thing happen, um, in this in these elements and stuff was really surprised. I mean, was really interesting. You know, having a whole like um um her seeing a bigger picture. You yeah. know, which is what we see in like the Game of Thrones, House of Dragon thing. Them going um playing to like a bigger picture. For them to sacrifice like their their um you know offsprings and everything to um to to get into certain families to to do this and my mothma being that she's seeing a bigger picture with the rebellion is willing to sacrifice her daughter it's not really a sacrifice in a way because she went through it, you know so she's only continuing the pattern that you know what, what she was introduced to so it's 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 okay you know i mean it's okay because because she's already used to it, if you want to call it that, you know, um, the, the whole thing. And, and we're seeing this thing in Star Wars being introduced, which brings up a whole different element of storytelling within this universe that they can eventually tell in the future. Do you think we're going to see that? Are we going to see the, the relationship between her daughter and his son? I don't think so. No, I don't think, think that's so. just I done. I, I like, think that that is is I think next season i think the season i i, I think we're going to see um not so much the relationship play out but see elements of it and and how um uh, my mothman reacts i think the next season is going to be a, a line where um 
Andor and Mon Mothma are playing like, you know, on a parallel path to the point of where we see them at in like, you know, Andor and everything, you know. Mm -hmm. So while the show is going to be called Andor, a bulk of the half of the story is going to be Mon Mothma's, I think, you know, because where she she's while they didn't really tell a whole lot, you know, with 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 um, the politics, I think it's going to play a whole lot more next season um, on the way up to when she be fully gets her hands dirty. So we have maybe three different stories going. We got Andor, we got Mon Mothma, and then we have the the Imperial side of it. Well, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, we're going to have yeah. to get the introduction of like uh, Galen Erso because this is, I mean, you know, we'll be basically testing at this point. I'm guessing in season yeah. two, this will be a time jump. They'll be testing the Death Star at some point, so... Mm -hmm. uh, we might hear about uh, we might hear about these plans, right? Of the 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 error in the Death Star as well. Um, that's how that time because that's how the movie starts. That's how Rogue One starts. Is yeah. oh you know, yeah, I know that. You know? <laughs> so I mean, I'm sure yeah, we'll see a lot. Yeah, we'll see more about um, you know the, the building of the Death Star. I think this will be more. I mean, season two, I think it's going to have a lot more to do with the Imperial side of things. Because they're going to really be going into the Death Star. I mean, we'll probably see a lot more Imperial characters being introduced. So mm -hmm. I think there'll be a lot more space scenes in this. Will probably be um, a lot more shot at the, the, uh, the what is it, the Skywalker Ranch. Probably a lot more moving screen thing like that. We'll see, like we saw in the Mandalorian, just because of a lot of the space scenes and whatnot, which is cool with me. But I think that's that's how this one will be shot a lot more. So if the if the um if we look at the the tell the end credits or the um the the um post credit scene as like a checkoffs Death Star or whatever, so are we to say to, to say that the 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 pretty much spending the next season in the building of the of Death Star, like how how long? So it's going to be time jumps. How long between then and Rogue One is the second season? What's the what the, what is the time between those between that you got well, that the Death Star is essentially <clears throat> turned into a clock now because we know at the beginning of Rogue One that's when that that dish is gonna go into the Death Star right we've seen we, we've seen that so we know that and here we're all you know detailed out we're all exploded out so wherever if they show us where they are in the construction of the Death Star it effectively will be a clock that will tell us how much time has passed and how much time is in between where we are now um so this is unofficial but it says andor season two will cover a four-year time span from four bby right up to the first scene of rogue one zero bby so, so if you just show where you are in that process a couple times it's going to give you it's going to function like a calendar almost that will tell you exactly where you are in that five-year span because we know start out here right end of it end of andor season one and there so you just show me it moving that way i'm gonna yeah. get it so this is the official stuff so this is what it is season one was year one um there'll be a one year time jump from season one to season two and then season two will cover all the way up until the first season of rogue one so this has been a five year kind of time span beginning with andor leading up to rogue one so as you said it's a clock we have four years taking oh so, so basically it's going to take about four close to five years to build the death star yes Okay, I mean, depending on when they started it, it could have been started right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, you figure it took them about three years <clears throat> to build that husk of, of a Death Star where they built essentially just like the weapons component. And mm -hmm. then that was it. Like that's what they, they got done with that in the reactor and they said, it's done, turn it on. And Palpatine was 
cackling, cackling with glee as we as we know he is wont to do. You know, you know this series. This series is interesting because it's doing something that you guys were talking about Filoni doing, which is Filoni is famous for doing these things that fix the prequel trilogy, where you know he gives us more motivations and and more background on the character and now you know for instance like last exactly tales of the jedi right dooku we know more more background now we know dooku's plans a little bit more complicated and stupid than uh, just trying to overthrow a sith lord <laughs> he's trying to overthrow overthrow a sith lord and become the sith lord which is its own thing um but these patches to kind of fix the prequel trilogy Andor is functioning like a patch to fix the original trilogy by giving us the, all of this background about why everybody hated the empire. That's the thing that's, I mean, is there some oppression? Yeah, that sure. They murder, you know, they murder these peasants that are hiding the droids, right? Cause they want these plans back, but it, we actually get a taste of the galaxy wide boot heel of the empire and why all of a sudden everybody's willing to rebel against it. Uh, it it's so it's, it's ingenious because you wouldn't think the original trilogy needs to be fixed in any way. Right. Uh, as, as none of us would say that and yet here we are where they're doing things that are going to repair missing elements from the original trilogy while at the same time delivering a story of this quality and that is frankly remarkable right. so yeah. the term use the term fixing okay is it sort of like just giving us context giving us reasons to questions we may have been like you know fan casting or you know uh, answering you know headcanon you know, in, in our own heads and everything. So maybe we're fixed. We were fixing things in our own mind. And then now Sunday actually has somebody to actually come out there and make a show about it. And these are the answers that we've been looking for, uh, for some of the questions we've been asking all these years and everything. Not, not just to say, okay, well, they need to do this and this, but, you know, just to, you know, head cannon, just to, um, just to, Mothma is the perfect example of this because it's not like there's anything wrong with her just showing up in the middle of Return of the Jedi, but who is she? Why does she matter? All of that's going to goes into the background of seeing this character pop up in episode six. And so for me, I think that's what I mean by, by fixing is providing more of that background for those characters. So now their appearance in those movies is its own makes sense retroactive like ret retconned easter egg <laughs> and nothing that we're i'm seeing right now is making me like i never questioned any characters that i've seen in the <clears throat> original trilogy the prequel maybe the postquel maybe i questioned some characters so we're gonna have to you know have some tie in there but i mean i never questioned Lando. I never questioned uh, C-3PO. I never questioned Leia, you know, until I started to get the this backstory, this whole backstory to the backstory, you know, mm -hmm. this before Phantom Menace, you know, where, what, what, you know, all, or connecting, uh, re, you know, Revenge of the Sith to A New Hope. Like, there's a huge gap there huge yeah. gap of of story and characters and what happened and where you know where did everything go wrong or right that's where my you know and i never really questioned everything but i just wanted more so it wasn't really i would doubted i right. doubted the stories i just wanted to know more about it and mon mothma is a great hinge pin because she's there 
she's there through the whole thing. Uh, and Andor is a great piece too because he's there to start it all. He's the he's the spark of the rebellion. Technically, I mean, as far as everything's being built right now, he's he's it. He's the beginning of it. Yeah, the the uh, the unknown soldier. The unknown soldier. Yes. The question mark. Could he and could he have been turned? Could Luthen have turned him in some way too? Because that guy, we still don't know what he's his thing is. Right. I'm excited is to learn he, more about Luthen. Is is he the is he the only acceptable Jedi that's allowed to show up here? Like if it's any other Jedi. I feel like it, yeah. Living, if, yeah. If he is, yeah, I mean I'm Jedi. I'm good with that. Because they've done enough, really, to like. I mean, and once again, before we go on this one, I thought they wrote, did a really good job of not having to have that big crossover character, right? We didn't need to see Ahsoka flash through the screen, or, or as much as we wanted to, Han Solo. Right? We we didn't need Yoda. to see those those legacy characters, right? You know, sure. you know Jar Jar Binks. You know. Ah oh, man, that's what this series really Jar-Jar. needed. You know, right. You know what? I'm not. I'm almost not even kidding. If you showed me a corrupt and fat Imperial Jar Jar Binks at Mon Mothma's party, I'd have lost it and loved it. You all, <laughs> you've heard it here, Disney. Yeah. Yes. Yes, children, you've heard it here. You've heard it here. I mean, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I remember when I was talking about you were reading some of those message boards, and they thought that Jar Jar Binks was going to be like one of the like dark side characters towards the end of the trilogy, the sequel trilogy, but. That just goes to show where where it went wrong. It's uh, they should have left him. They should have left him in Gungan City. Yeah, guys, it's been definitely a, a fun discussion leading up to the holidays and what kicking off. Uh, uh, really, really, and we talk about this. I know we say it all the time, but I mean, this is going to be a busy year for us. So I hope you guys are ready for the channel. I mean, there's a lot it's of stuff ready. coming, a lot mm-hmm. of stuff in a hurry, right? I mean, with it, meaning this, you know. Marvel will get going in February. So, yeah, we had a lot of content coming out. Um, obviously, tomorrow I'm going to donate, uh, what is this, three hours and 18 minutes of my life, um, which is absurd. <laughs> side question. Side question. Here's, listen, we're going to be off for a couple weeks. We're going to be off because we're going to be off for Christmas, and there's no new Star Wars for like a little bit, just like like three or four weeks. We're probably all going to see Avatar too because you know eventually everybody is going to have to, or else they're going to get sent to one of the camps. So, <laughs> what? What are the prison camps? So oh, that's the question. Like up right now, yeah, you get to choose between a prison camp or seeing Avatar too. So I mean, I'll probably pick Avatar too. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you guys think this thing is going to be any good? I mean, I'm going in with an open mind because, like I said, the first one was like Fern Gully. Um, <laughs> We we learned to ride a uh, banshee, and now we're. I just saw the TV spot, and we're learning to ride a giant marlin. Like that was a thing. You need to learn to ride. I heard that in the trailer. Like you need to learn to be one with the like the sea, whatever urchin or the marlin or whatever the hell they're riding. So Disney, please don't put a ride like this in Pandora. We already have the banshee ride. Um, but I don't know. I literally, I'm going in this like I don't even care at this point. It's going to be three hours. I'm donating to James Cameron, um, and that's and paying like eighteen dollars. Like you did the first go round. Right, and it has to you know, be. Like, I think if you just get his Venmo, you can just Venmo Venmo him like eighteen dollars, <laughs> and you don't even have to watch it. If you if you did bucks. that, if you did that, it would come. It would send it back to you with a message that said his account is full. Right. 
It's how I mean, much money James know. Cameron had. You, we have to wear red as a glasses tomorrow. It's just whatever, man. That's what it's, I'm at. It's so weird because now, like my my opinion of it is, I'm gonna see it and I probably won't. I won't care about the plot. But like this is almost almost as if like in twenty in 2010 when he started with this, it looked like this technology was going that direction with glasses and everything. Yeah. And I really feel like it 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 isn't it didn't it isn't hitting that way. It seems like the way yeah. like the way the 3D technology has has improved um cinema is by making it easier to make it like that's what they're using yeah. to make the volume right mm -hmm. yeah. well also when we go to the theme parks right like universal and whatnot they're using the technology without glasses and stuff so it makes you kind of wonder like and i get it you know i don't know you know the theaters can't replicate maybe what they're paying for these rides and whatnot but it's just like to have somebody, because a lot of people wear glasses, right? To have somebody sit there for three hours with glasses on, the, the experiences and whatnot, and then you're paying an extra couple bucks, you know? Hey, good luck, right? Good you know luck. what this reminds me of, oh, man? This, this, remi this reminds you're me of when... You're not going to see it? <clears throat> I know, well, you're the one that's going to see it tomorrow for three hours. I'm not. You and Ken have to watch your stuff immediately. It's, it's three hours regardless, right? It's three hours and 15 minutes. It's a runtime. That's before. I'm streaming it free in my home. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not going yeah. anymore. You know, after, but here's the thing. Are you even watching this? My, my thing is like this movie is essentially like one enormous frigging check that James Cameron has been writing for 10 years. So yeah. I, I'm going to see it because I want to see if he's going to if this thing bounces or not. Like, I, But and what's going to make it bounce is certainly not the plot. I could care less about what's going on on Pandora. It doesn't matter to me. It's what's it look like. Right. What's he able to accomplish like from a from an effect standpoint? And I just don't think it's really even fair to compare the experience of seeing something like that in a theater versus at yeah, home when you're not going to have that stuff. You're, you're, T. Mitch, you're going to get there. It's going to start. It's all stick figures. Drawn <laughs> on like, literally. It's just James Cameron. And some of the frames, and some of the frames, James Cameron's in the background, like lighting a cigar with a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> just making, the way people that. suck that first movie down. I mean, they could just do this this way with, with just like scratch pencil drawings, and you know nobody would care. Oh, oh, I, mean, I, thought, I thought Avatar was good, but like, and it was like I'd never seen it. I'd never right. seen someone like it, but I don't know. Like I, repeat, yeah. I don't think it stands up to repeat viewings, especially not in my. Oh in my no, I can't even watch it. I try to break it up and can't finish it. Like mm. I know the guy's name is Jake, and then he changed his name, I guess. So I just found that out today. That's all you need. The That's guy's it. name is Jake, and then he like is like now this whatever the Navi or whatever the hell. So we'll see tomorrow. Three hours of, of lost light. Let us know. You know, and then there's two more, right? This guy James Cameron is trying to make two more. But he doesn't. It, he can't be stopped once he starts. Once <laughs> yeah. he starts, he's just he, whether it's this or or plumbing the depths you, of the ocean. You got to realize this is a guy who was told repeatedly every time he made a movie it was not going to be good. Terminator One, Terminator Two. Alien, um, the abyss, which did, which did fail, you know. Alien, they couldn't, they didn't believe that he was going to top Ridley, um, Best um movie you know, Ridley ever. Scott movie and everything, you know. Aliens, you know, he directed that movie for a dollar to, to 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 they would make it. That's that's crazy I, to me. It's it's a he's a I mean Boy, it's hard to get the guy. I'm tired tonight. So, I forgot about Ridley Scott for five seconds. If, if, if if he does it again, then you know it's it's. But think mm. about it though. You know, we talked about how Black Adam tanked, and you know, really, uh, Black Panthers ran away with it. There's nothing coming out against it. So what else is people going to watch on one? This is it. Yeah. Three out hours. Two. Come on, man. Nobody's watching Knives Out too. So. Um, or, or three and, and a half hours. 
three and a half hours until February until Marvel kicks off again. There's no competition. It's like the perfect storm of you have to see it in the theater, and everyone's gonna probably be talking about it. But I made my prediction by Thanksgiving we're gonna be moved on to some other stuff. We're not even gonna be talking about Avatar two by Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I think by what's today? Today's the fifteenth. By Christmas. Christmas will be like so. Uh, bad, bad season two, right? This guy, this is done, one and done. Uh, Thank you for, it's like it's like the you know your your church donation. It's a donation. It's a pod, the collection pod. Everybody pay James Cameron and he's <laughs> the theaters and business and everything. Right? So yeah. hey, you're doing your part. Trent, yeah. you're doing your part. Yeah. Thank, thank you, buddy. Uh, keep thank the, you. Keep it. It's good. The it's better. It's better for all of sci-fi that this movie be successful and this man be allowed to do whatever he want with money. <laughs> And make whatever type of camera he wants, and do anything he wants because it, it makes even yeah. if this particular movie stinks, it makes so much yep. other crap that we like good yep. that we have yep. to have it. So yeah. we all have to go see this movie, or else they're going to send us to one of those camps. <laughs> you know what I would really say? I'm going to say this hot take. I'd rather see Fast Eleven, and I hate that shit. I'm getting dead ass serious. I'd rather go see Fast Eleven if they're even on that number or whatever the hell number they're on. Yeah. Fast fourteen. Yeah. 10? Yeah, I'd Ten. rather see that, bro. Come on, man. Me too. I'm I'm a I'm a big dub fan. I love fast cars and, and dub. Yeah. You know, so yeah, so let's go see fast. But yeah, that's another discussion. Maybe we'll do a, a I don't even know we can't even review that movie, right? You guys are doing a show on that? The hell? Three hours. What did you do? Sleep, drink a slushy, um, text. <laughs> you know, wake up, do it again, go to the bathroom, get some popcorn, like Fucking three hours. What, what was that bathroom runtime? You go <laughs> to the bathroom, you come back, and it's like we're still learning to swim. Like ah, oh, yeah, right? oh, damn it! Oh. Up. What was Avengers Endgame? Like this is like another Pretty forty long. minutes longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. My God. Runtime. One forty-three. Yeah. yeah, this smashes it. Is it, is it longer? Is it about as long as a Godfather? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like ridiculous. There's gonna be there's gonna be a uh, uh, a uh, it's close one eighty one eighty one yeah. Wow, yeah, this is like this you is like come crazy. here, you come here to my place of water, <laughs> and you're not gonna drink. You're not drinking any of this water. Could you imagine Star Wars doing this though? I mean, there were rumor rumors. Remember, they're doing Episode Nine. They were gonna try to make it like a three hour thing. I mean, I know that was part of it. Yeah, well, that's that fine. Good. That's fine. I mean, we just watched 12 hours. Of, say, yeah, of we pretty, watched 12 hours. Pretty, yeah. pretty tight, good, crammed together. Where I think every week we were just like, hey, we want more of right? this. Yeah, there you go. We wanted more of that, but you know, hey. Oh, well. <laughs> All right. But yeah, guys, it's been fun. You know, you know, uh, for everybody, have a happy holidays, uh, whatever you, you celebrate. Um, whatever you celebrate. Whatever happy you celebrate. Whatever. Happy holidays to, to you, your family. Uh, happy nerddom, you know. Hopefully we get some more, um, some more big things coming. Definitely, yeah. Happy New Year as well. So happy New Year to everybody in the world. Don't know what the uh, our analytics. If we have anybody in Europe and Asia, but yeah, happy New Year to you guys. I'll get the analytics department on that for you, (laughs) right? And definitely. And can we give a shout out to COVID? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. But yeah, man, it's it definitely kind of just wrapping this up. It's been a fun year with you guys. I, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, it's crazy, you know, where we went. You know, like I said, we're on like episode eighty something now. So hey. yeah, we've been we're keeping it going. And then, going to year three of CBBS. And next, year, yeah, next year, and next year, I think will be our busiest year. Yes, right. We thought this year when we talked into last year was going to be busy, and this 
next year. I mean, having shows on top of shows and whatnot. So yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting, but uh, yeah, guys until um, 2023 and bad backs, this is the way. This is the way. way. Thank you.